everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And this is T Outlaw. And you are listening to a new episode of the Gourmet Giver Podcast. You can always catch me, JJ Outlaw, um, on Twitter at, of course, JJ Outlaw. You can catch me um, also on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And as always, I'm here with my BFF, Fat Dude, the Dark Desperado. We we are still doing the Dark Desperado, right? There's still a pandemic, isn't there? <laughs> there will always be a pandemic at this point, sadly. Then that's going to be my new <laughs> moniker, then. Uh, T. Outlaw, a.k.a. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just sad because we are not doing enough to end the pandemic. But anyway, Big Daddy, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. I uh, guess you can find me, T. Outlaw, on Twitter at T. Outlaw, T-O-U-T-L-A-W, and on Instagram at T. Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. Um, I always get asked, hey, are you guys on the Facebook? To which I replied, Sadly, yes, even though I hate the Facebook. But if you're so inclined, you can go to the Gourmet Goober blog on Facebook and follow along. And um, we put posts about new things that would come across our way um, and new shows as they become available. You can always join us at thegourmetgoober.com. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And you can catch what our disruptor's doing at Plum Good. That's good spelled G-O-O-D-E dot com. So we are everywhere. As Thanos says, we are inevitable. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, like I said before, it looks like sadly we're not getting out of this pandemic anytime soon. <laughs> so Big Daddy will be the dark desperado for the next for now and forevermore, <laughs> or until things get a little, well, a little less crazy. Yeah, it's, I, I, I can't believe that there's like a new variant of the variant, the Delta Plus. Yes. Which is insane. At, at this point, they're just going to have to run out of names. Yeah, they're to the point of what, I think I'll start at what, Alpha, Beta, wait a minute, we're at Delta. And then the next is what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have, like, Gamma. Gamma, 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 Gamma! Yeah. I don't think people will get that unless they sell school days. They wouldn't hey. anyway. Hey, that would fit into our conversation we had. Yes. About Black Famous. And we'll talk about that in a moment. It was an interesting conversation that we fell into when we were doing errands this week. That will never include Danny Wood. <laughs> that is true. Exactly. So, Big Daddy, as we go over the trauma that was this week dealing with the news and puppy riots while giving baths, how was your week? Well, it was fine up until I remembered about the uh, puppy riot. <laughs> Do you want to share what happened? No, I think that's pretty much your... Uh... No, 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 because if you, you guys follow him on social media, you actually posted pictures so that people knew it actually happened. Nothing happens unless it's on social, apparently. Exactly. Nothing <laughs> is true unless it's on Twitter. And nothing is, like, better than random pictures of your dog, like, you know, getting a bath right before he goes on a complete wild goose chase. <laughs> Y'all, he was running around the store wearing nothing but suds. It, it, was, it was glorious. <laughs> it was gloriously scary. <laughs> Yeah, who's, like, trying to, like, you know, grab him like, you know, he's a 
Grease the pig. Exactly. <laughs> this guy. That dude right there. <laughs> and you were great because I couldn't do anything but laugh. I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, oh my God. He like Can jumped out. Him? He like jumped out of the tub, right? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I freely admit I'm the person who may have put that into action because we're giving him his bath. We're using one of those pressure washers or yeah, as you would say, like the little, uh, what do you call them? Like the little things that spray the dog. Pressure right. sprayers. Yeah, it was one of those detachable. If you ever go to like a self-service dog wash, it's one of those like little hoses that they have that you can like spray down your pet or something. So it's not as really as strong as like a power wash. Yeah. But it still comes out at a pretty fast pace. Well, from that point on, I made the mistake of deciding to spray him in the face. And then the magic occurred. All of a sudden, he hops. He slips out of the. He slips out of the thing that was holding him down. Yeah, he held out of the noose that was holding him <laughs> in place. And then he, he was like, "Completely deuces. out of a three foot tub." Yes. And then just like basically ran around the washing area like a squealed pig. <laughs> People like, are like looking in on us, like, "The hell are they doing it there?" Yeah, like it became like you know, like an episode of Benny Hill. Of me trying to grab this dog like, you know, he was a runaway chicken. The only thing that was missing was, like, the music. You ever see... I don't know if you guys know Benny Hill that's aging us. Yeah, it's so, so aging us. It's really stupid English, rude comedy. But at one point, there's, like, a chase. And there's always, like, this ridiculous music that's, like, following us around. Although, to be honest, near the end, it was more, like... The sand trombone from Trice It's Right as we kept trying to dive and pick him up. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Eventually, though, we did manage to get him back in the tub. Meanwhile, Braxton has this smile on his face like he has just won the Doggy Olympics. Yeah, like he got away <laughs> with something. And we're like, no, dude. Uh, what you did kind of made a mess. There was, like, water everywhere, all over the floor. All over me. I'm sure they really loved us. They're just like, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they wanted to charge us more than the $5. <laughs> Wait a minute, it cost $5? Yeah. Why did I think it cost, like, double that? But No, because I bought, like, a, a pack of baths. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that bath was $5. No, it should have cost us more. And to be honest, once they saw that we nearly flooded the ba the washroom, <laughs> they really should have charged us more. <laughs> so I think we got away with it. <laughs> yeah, we got lucky with that. I will say that we got very lucky. If it wasn't in closed space, he sure would have, he would have been like a, you know, like a runaway and running for his freedom. And we would have been like, well, that could have gone very, very badly. Not only that, but didn't he try to help himself to, like, a display of stuff when he was coming in? Yeah, this is a... Yeah, <laughs> the dog who, you know, has a box of jacked-up toys decided he wanted to add to his repertoire on, the, like, walking in the door by, like, randomly taking things off the counter or the... Yeah, off the shelves 
on his way to the washing area. He's like, uh, I kind of like this. I think I'm going to take this. No, you can't take this. That's not yours yet. No one's purchased that yet. He's like, they don't know it. <laughs> He's like, this is mine, and that is mine, and this is mine. And so I did get him a toy, right? The toy did not make it. <laughs> it didn't make it to the house. So I'm driving, and I hear this from the backseat. Oh, my God. It's just orange everywhere. <laughs> oh, the head popped off. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And do you remember what you said to me? Like, what did the toy do to him? Yeah. What, did, I didn't hurt him. I was like, did you, did, <laughs> were you mad at the toy? Did the toy hurt you? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's like, little, it's, you know, like when you have like someone who's like working on, uh, not clay, but, uh, like, you know, when they're like working on something like from a car. And all you see is like little springs and uh, little pulleys and everything pop off. I'm seeing all these little orange pieces going flying everywhere in the back seat. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell is that? Because all I can see is the back of his head and these little orange things just popping off. I'm thinking, um, apparently he did. He had an issue with the toy. The toy was not to his satisfaction. He was going to dismantle it with no problem whatsoever. And you know the sad thing is, it was a little chew toy. And it was made of, like, hard rubber. And it was so funny, there was actually a little sign that said, indestructible. <laughs> sure. But then it had, like, little spikes on it. <laughs> so I thought, surely it would take a while for him to work his way through. Nah, the toy did not make it from the dog wash place to the house. Yeah, it didn't make it. All I'm seeing is... Our entire back seat is full of orange pieces. We're just going to say that. Yeah, when we get our car detailed, we're just going to have to pretend that we borrowed the car. That <laughs> It's not ours. <laughs> our possession. I think I'm going to need that power sprayer again to, like, wash some <laughs> of that out. Oh, my God. But you know what? We love our little doodad. And... Next week, it's actually his gotcha week. Since we don't know when his birthday was. Yeah. And he was about a year old when we adopted him. Around Labor Day. We decided that we were going to celebrate that time as his gotcha day. So, we are doing a doggy short birthday party. We found something that we can give him in terms of like a celebratory bone. Um, not the rawhide. I know that's hurt your feelings. He doesn't like rawhide. What kind of damn dog isn't going to sit there and, like, eat rawhide? I'm like, it's rawhide. It's, he just doesn't like for. rawhide. It's just like chicken. He's allergic to chicken, which now, also hurts your feelings. That, that, that <laughs> triply hurts my feelings. How could you be a dog in a house with black folk? This dog, he's watermelon. Yes. He loves watermelon, actually. Loves watermelon. He will chase me for the watermelon. Yeah. But will not eat. Or, I'm sorry, can I eat chicken? I was like, are you sure you've been... Have you ever been around black folks in your life? He's allergic to it. It's not that he can't eat it. He's allergic to it. That's like, well, no. That, that just mystifies me. We're just going <laughs> to say that. I'm just... I'm Look like, at it this way. There's more chicken for us. Yeah, that's great and all, but still. How, do you, how are you not able to eat chicken? That's just... That just befuddles me. You know what? I feel for him. And and I can say this because of my weird allergy to alcohol. 
because I can't even consume small amounts in it. Like food cooked with alcohol, I have to make sure that all the alcohol is cooked out. Otherwise, I'll be dancing on a table somewhere. With a lampshade on her head. It has happened. Seriously. There's pictures somewhere. Let's see. Yeah, I have No. <laughs> no, you don't. And I know who does have them. And they're a very good friend. They will never release them. <laughs> and they're Polaroids anyway. So you can't get them well on online. See, I have ways. I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> I will never tell you who has the picture. But you know about it. Because remember, it was during the 96 Olympics when... Reggie was doing really well, and I got on. I, I, I may have gotten on the table at BW3s and let it cheer. Um, <laughs> I, I don't what? acknowledge any Olympics past 1992 in basketball. <laughs> Seriously. Those Germans, when they have the Hockenbach, when the German non alcoholic beer, they take that 0.05% seriously. I'm telling you, there was, like, up to the limit in that beer, and I got horribly drunk. <laughs> that was basically almost, that was near beer. Exactly, and it's enough to get me wasted. Maybe I shouldn't admit this on the podcast. If I meet any of you, please don't buy me a beer. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to buy, like, no. No one wants to put in for bail or medical bills, so <laughs> please don't. So, outside of that, how was your week? The trauma of watching the dog. Well, I mean, for the most part, it was... I mean, I got to work on my anger management. You know, I like, my hands bruised up from, like, getting mad at coworkers. Well, that was always fun. And Let me just say, that is because you pounded the dad, not because you pounded a coworker. No, I did not pound the coworker. Thank you. know, you. because social distancing... <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> and or like, you know, working remotely, you know, kind of helps that. But too, I also tried to like make a a sad trip to like, I, I was bored one day and I was going to try to make a trip to Arby's and well, no, then I realized it was Arby's and then I just, I moved on with life. You know what? Answer me this. Okay. Because we've had conversations and it's not just us. Other podcasts that I regularly follow and listen to. I've also talked about this. Who actually eats at Arby's? Like, have you ever been in a situation where you're hungry and you have a choice of places to go, right? And then you're like, okay, I'm going to go to Arby's. Arby's is never the choice that you just automatically pick. It's usually like, oh, well, well, you know, they're busy. I, I guess Arby's. Like, it's usually like, I guess Arby's, right? Yes. Like, Arby's has, like, great commercials. Don't get me wrong. Especially since Ving Rain voiced the commercials. And I'm convinced that he could beat my ass anytime because he's Ving Rain's. He's big and strong. So when he says he's got, we got the meats, we totally believe that. Yes. But that being said, I don't know of anyone. In fact, one of my favorite podcasts, The Black Guy Who Tips, um, they regularly talk about the fact that they don't believe that people willingly go to Arby's. It's it's usually a situation where A, you're hungry and you're out of choices. Or B, you know, it's just like, whatever, it's there. Sort of thing. You're not even hungry, you're just curious as to what Arby's serve? Yes. I really admit that. In my opinion, that Arby's is for people who gave up. <laughs> Damn, not people who 
gave up, baby. Yes, it's like, and I, I pretty much am, I'm accepting that, you know, Arby's is Ring Rames and, you know, but, you know, we're not going to be like an advertiser for Arby's at least not anytime soon. Arby's will never be our sponsor, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> we will never get that sweet, sweet Arby's money. <laughs> we will not be getting the Arby's sauce. <laughs> But no, Arby's is pretty much for, like, you know, when you go to lunch somewhere and, like, I don't know, Olive Garden's full of people, which it always is, full of random people. You know, the three major burger chains are, like, you know, you know, it's lunchtime. Everybody's, like, you know, filled up, you know, running around the corner. You sure as hell ain't going to, <coughs> you're not getting anything at Starbucks, you know, getting anything, like, like hugely food wise, and I don't know, getting in and out of like Pizza Hut is just not gonna be your option. Well, somehow there's randomly an Arby's around somewhere. You might have to look for it, but you'll find that Arby's, and then you'll be like, "Well, Arby's will at least try to like sell you anything." It's kind of like going to the Chinese restaurant. They'll be like, "So Arby's, you have roast beef, of course." Um, do you have burgers? Well, we got burgers that, you know, has beef in it. Okay. Um, of course you have chicken. You have fries, curly, straight, upside down. Arby's will try to sell you anything. They'll be like, we have brisket. How long did you smoke it? Smoke it? Um. Okay, to be fair, Arby's does, okay, even though I don't consume Arby's, I know enough about them that they once, like, had this, like, um, like, channel that was set up that you can watch them smoke a brisket for over 12 hours. And I admit one day when I was at work, I had the channel pulled up on my computer. And every so often I would just peek in and watch this, <laughs> the meat smoke. <laughs> Which is cool. So, to be fair... They do long smoke the meat. They do stick to okay. that. At least that particular... I defy you to ask, <laughs> answer me this question, though. Yes. When you saw... Because you saw the pictures. I saw the actual the, meat. You saw the meat being smoked, correct? Yes. And you saw it being smoked for the length of at least 8, 12 hours, something like that? Right. Was it smoked inside an Arby's? Because you testified that it was inside an Arby's. No, I said it was inside the meat. Was, they actually had the camera on the meat and the smoker. So it was inside the smoker, and you could watch the meat at the beginning. It was raw. And then over the hours, you could see the meat slowly cook. Every so often, you see a hand go in to check the meat. But it, you didn't see anything other than the inside the smoker. I testify that Arby's borrowed that footage. <laughs> That's some B-roll that somebody took. They were like, let's go down to the local, like, you know, barbecue joint. So you say that that was actually Moo and Oink somewhere. Yeah, it could have been Moo and Oink. It could have been, like, it could have been Dickies for all I care. And they guys, really if you don't know there. what Moo and Oink is, look it up. Yeah. And while you're look looking up, please look up the commercials. The commercials alone are worth the Google search. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, pretty much, I tend to believe that somebody from the corporation went in there Took, you know, some footage and said, all right, we're going to make this part of our campaign. Are, are, like, are we truly, like, you know, putting that smoke meat in there? No, we got this, you know, got that crap from the, you know, from the grocery store. You know, freshly smoked meat. 
Sure we did. You know what? Who are big fans of Arby's? And I recently learned this. Believe it or not, gamers really love Arby's. So, so much so that I recently discovered this. This is weird. Arby's has their own licensed Dungeons and Dragons dice that they just put out. Did you know that? No, I did not. <laughs> Which further explains to me why there's a problem with this process. <laughs> so the dice, which you could get um, at Arbyshop, I think, dot com, but it's on sale for twelve dollars. So already marked down. They're clear dice. They have like a brown center, and in place of the number twenty and yep. the number six is the Arby's logo. Apparently, they put a picture of this on social media like years ago, and people have been begging to buy this dice. Begging. Begging. And so Dungeons & Dragons fans, which believe it or not, even in this day or age, there's still like a lot of people who are like really into it. Like I read that Patton Oswalt um, is into Dungeons & Dragons. Joe Maganello is like a Dungeons & Dragons freak, and he's talked about it openly. So You still haven't popped out anybody under four years old. You know what? And they're probably still in their mama's basement. I have to say, Mr. Maganello's abs are probably younger than 40. And so they Which is like, great now. They like the Dungeons and Dragons dice set, too. Not to be an ass, <laughs> you know, because Joe Manganello is a fine young man, but Joe Manganello is basically hanging out in Sofia Vergara's basement. You know what? Good for her. <laughs> Whatever. Don't hate. Celebrate. <laughs> oh my god, did I just say that? Yes, you did. <laughs> oh my god. That, I haven't said that in years. I got nothing for you. I'm starting <laughs> to wonder if you might have been hanging, you know, in the Dungeons and Dragons back then. You know what? Back in the day, I never played Dungeons and Dragons and here's why. I wanted to, but I also grew up in Indianapolis. And it was during that satanic panic that was attached to Dungeons and Dragons, at least where I was. For some reason, the parents in Indiana, um, near where I lived, thought that Dungeons and Dragons, if you played it, was a portal to hell. There were a lot I, of portals to hell in Indianapolis. Actually, there was. I mean, I've told you many times the absurdly weird things that we used to get notes home about. Like, for example, my favorite was... In Sunday school, I actually went to a Sunday school when I was a little girl that taught that KISS stood for Knights and Satan's Service. And there was an episode of The Incredible Hulk where the Hulk meets the band KISS, and they asked the parents not to let their children watch. Because I don't know why seeing, you know, old-ass Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, who were ancient even back then. And Ace Frehley. <laughs> <laughs> they thought that us watching them would easily turn us into devil worshippers. Which is true. Which is completely true. So apparently, Dungeons and Dragons fell on this list. But here's the thing. There was also a television cartoon that was also named Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Now, we were free to watch that cartoon because I watched the hell out of that cartoon. It was on CBS. It was actually really good. So it was a Saturday morning cartoon that I watched religiously until they canceled it. 
Oddly enough, parents were not afraid of the cartoon sending their kids to hell. But playing the actual game the cartoon was based on? Oh yeah, that that belongs along with the Knights and Satan service. Let me guess, they throw all the Ouija boards, right? <laughs> oh, I don't fuck with Ouija boards, no. Okay. Seriously, I actually low-key believe that. <laughs> I've seen way too many horror stories, horror movies growing up over the years. You just don't F with Ouija boards. Nothing good comes out of it. That is true. I will at least testify to the Ouija part. You're just mad because the Ouija board called you your mama's boy. No. <laughs> we all did it in college. That's because my roommates were messing with me. <laughs> no, the Ouija board really knew you were a mama's boy. That's why you didn't like it. We didn't have to testify to that. <laughs> yeah, y'all was yeah, y'all loaded up my roommates and decided to mess with no, me. No, no, no. They told me they were doing that and I was like, I want no part of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to enough church learning to know you don't mess with Ouija boards, so I don't. Although I do like the horror movies based around them. Seriously. Good grief. <laughs> I got nothing. So anyway, Arby's. They got the meats. And they apparently they got diet too. Yes. Well, my week, even though I'm not really sure how we went from like Ouija boards to Arby's. And yeah, I was like, that was an interesting segue. <laughs> I spent a lot of it working on a project, and I wish I could go into more, because Big Daddy has been really incredible for me this week, because I was dealing with a very difficult, um, how should I put this? I love my job, and I work at a nonprofit, and I'm very lucky that I work um, with these incredible people. Um, who are looking to end health disparities within um, historically medically underserved communities. So let me off the top say that I feel tremendously proud to get a chance to do that on a smaller scale because I think one of the things that is routinely not talked about when we talk about social justice is the fact that as we talk about disparities in access to food and access to clean water and access to homes and things like that, access to medical care, that is reliable. That is something that um, can nourish and nurture the body is actually something that a lot of people don't really like to think about. But certainly what was going on with the COVID it's really brought it front and center. So I want to say that first. Okay. That said, I've been working on a project um, that's related to communication. And it's been a little bit of a challenge, right? Yeah. Because of the fact uh-huh. that I have one person who it's it's very difficult sometimes to communicate with. And I think part of that is we're doing this remotely because... Even though I love working from home and I don't intend to ever go back into an office again if I can help it. Um, sometimes when you're not face-to-face with somebody and you get that umpteenth email, <laughs> and then you have to find the right email chain to respond to. Or a Slack message. It's a little frustrating, to say the least. And so this week I spent quite a bit of time yelling at my computer, stepping away, 
Drinking a lot of coffee. Drinking a ton of coffee. <laughs> and then just getting myself in the right space to go back and communicate with this individual. Um, so I'm hoping that the project will turn out well. Um, this week was also a bit of a challenge, to be honest. And I went back and forth to talk about it, whether or not to talk about it. But I, I think I'm going to mention it just briefly. Um, being of a certain age, one of the things that it's encouraged for all women to do is to regularly have mammograms. Right. And with this pandemic and everything that's been going on, I actually skipped my last couple of pamograms. This pamograms. <laughs> mammograms, to say the least. And so I had recently my first mammogram in several years, um, about two weeks ago. So it was a situation where um, I went in and then they called me back and they said, you know, we saw something that was a little frightening for us or no, that we, it disturbed us because we didn't see in the last picture that you took with us. Can you come back in and we'll do an ultrasound and another check? So I went back in and a day later, they said that they saw two masks that they weren't able to identify. And they would ask me to come in for a biopsy, which I had at the beginning of last week. Um, let me start off by saying <clears throat> the biopsy came back negative, which was a blessing. Um, but I also wanted to say that as you can imagine, from the time that the biopsy was done up until the time I got the voice or, you know, the call back from the breast navigator, it probably was one, one of the most terrifying times that I can think of in recent memory. And all jokes aside, first of all, I want to say think Big Daddy because, you know, when I... It, when you're in a marriage long term and one of your partners is dealing with a health crisis, it kind of reveals who you are to each other. And I know that when I came to you and I said, hey, I got to go back in for an ultrasound. It's not a big deal. And I didn't think of it because, you know, just to be frank, I have big boobies. OK, <laughs> I do. I have the big bazongas. I'm a rather, does, yeah. I'm a juicy woman, as we like to say. You got tickle bitties. <laughs> okay. So I just thought, you know, maybe it's it's a lot and maybe they just need to go back and just take a look. But when you hear the word biopsy, that's when shit gets real. All jokes aside. And <clears throat> it was frightening because I already have a good friend of mine who's fighting a pretty aggressive form of cancer. So it was already front and center in my mind. But the idea of having to undergo a biopsy and it was both breasts, not just one. Um, it was really leading up to the time in which I went in for the procedure that had to be the longest weekend of my life. And we had a lot of discussions as to what would happen if I was sick. What does that mean? Because, you know, we'd have to make arrangements. Um, but yeah, it, throughout the whole thing, you know, 
Big Daddy kind of talked me down from the ledge, to speak. And he went with me to the biopsy. First of all, I'm sharing this for a number of reasons. One, I want to encourage everybody, again, to not make the mistake I did. Because part of the thing is that part of the reason why you have a mammogram every year is that you want to make sure that you document any changes in your breasts, right? So they compare it to the previous year because I had skipped a couple years, understandably due to the pandemic. And they said I was not the only one. Um, They hadn't had a chance to really identify the changes that would have led to the biopsy. So again, I can't encourage enough when I was going through the process, um, the place that I went to, which is Methodist Hospital um, in Maryville in their breast center, I cannot say enough great words about them. They were great. Um, they were just fantastic. But they even said that, you know, I came in, the spots they saw were really, really small, but it was enough that they were actually, you know, concerned and they wanted to take a look at it. Um the second reason why I thought I'd share this is having gone through the biopsy experience, I don't want people to be afraid of it. And so I thought I would just share what happened with me. Um, it was a relatively quick procedure, um, even with both breasts. I was there for how long? Maybe an hour? About an hour. Yeah, I was there for about an hour. Um, and... They do put localized anesthesia on you. You lay back. Um, They have this like incision once you're numb. And in my case, they remove the tissue. And because it was so small, they got most of it, if if not all of it out. I believe all of it out. It was a very small thing. Um, They also leave behind something inside of you. It's about the size of a eyelash. But it's like a marker, if you will. And it's a little metal marker. So what happens is if a growth develops there again, they know and they're able to track the procedure for the next time. Um, Normally it's not painful. And the reason why I said normally is they didn't numb me enough for the first incision. (laughs) So what happened was they thought they were ready to go and they did the incision and I immediately felt the knife go inside my breast and I jumped off the table and yelped. And to be fair, it it was, they were so apologetic and they thought they gave me enough. And they said, sometimes it's hard to know how much topical and I totally get it. Um, and they were able to get it right afterwards and then the next breast. And they immediately like held my hand. And it was one of those things where first I was upset for like 30 seconds and then it kind of, I started giggling kind of awkwardly. And I think it's almost like the equivalent of if you watch a horror movie and I watch tons of horror movies where you have that jump scare and then you are like happy that you're past it and you kind of laugh at it. That's kind of how it felt to me. So that's why I was laughing. Um, I'm glad you were laughing because all I feel is pain. Yeah, you told me you're, you thought that I would like rip off my earrings and start swinging at people. And I'm like, nah, it's it's not that kind of party. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I I want to sh- wanted to share my experience. 
um, because I don't want people to be afraid when they hear the word biopsy. And she even said, um, and when I say she, one of the people they, one of the things they do, which I think they do really well, is after you undergo the procedure, they assign someone that's called a breast navigator. And in this case, she sat down not only with me, but with my husband and explained the whole procedure and what happens next. And one of the things is, you know, this is not uncommon when women of my age group, you know, sometimes breasts undergo a lot of changes. They want to be sure. And in 70% of all biopsies, they turn out to be benign. So again, want to just put that out there in case anyone else is facing the same experience I did, um, to not be afraid of it. And I'm really grateful for the experience. I'm really grateful for Big Daddy and just sort of making sure that I would be okay. And yeah, it was, um, it was definitely a good thing. So I tell you what, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about three stories that I feel kind of exemplify our um, show's mission of uncovering the intersection between food and pop culture. We'll discuss a little bit more also the conversation, which I think was really funny that we had about what shows are Black famous. (laughs) Shows and movies that... um, it's culturally relevant to black people, of which we are both of. That's true. <laughs> but maybe everyone in other cultures are not aware of. Um, and you can email me your thoughts as well. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll go over those items. And as always, we'll end the show with the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to the Gourmet Over podcast, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History Tea, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History Tea, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Bat Shuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore, as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us in Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt, and And let's let's get get dark. Hi, I'm JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is the Outlaw. And we are back with a new segment of What's Eating Us for the Gourmet Goober podcast. That's when we take three stories that covers the intersection of food and pop culture. And this week we have something that admittedly is very, very odd. <laughs> Everything is odd in this <laughs> little, you know, this little world. Yes, but this is totally crazy because... Our first story covers something that, quite frankly, I don't think anyone's asked for. But nevertheless, the people at Mountain Dew and the people at Frito-Lay have decided to give it to us. Of course they did. (laughs) 
So when you think of Mountain Dew, what comes to mind, babe? Jacked up horse juice. <laughs> Jacked up horse juice? Yes. Nice, nice. Well, the people at Mountain Dew decided that they want you to think flaming hot. Flaming hot. Which is why they created a soda that combined the flavors, that's right, of Mountain Dew and flaming hot Cheetos. Why? <laughs> How? I don't know. Like, before we got on the mic, I was telling you that I imagine drinking that would be kind of like that scene from um, Raiders of the Lost Art when they open up the Ark of the Covenant and they melt. Yes. <laughs> That's I what I imagine drinking that will do to your body. So maybe one of the you know powers that be was there and like saw that and was like, you know what? I want to put that in a in a can. <laughs> so if you too can't find the Ark of the Covenant, you can you too can melt <laughs> by, drinking, by drinking what's in this can. Oh dear Lord, <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant in a can. In a can. And when you open it, like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Heart, because you remember they melt it because they're not supposed to look at it. Exactly. <laughs> now, the great people at Mountain Dew put out a statement that said, as a brand, Dew has a rich history of experimenting with new flavors our fans love. We certainly had them in mind when we were developing a flaming hot beverage. And this is according to Mount Nielsen, who works as the soft drink senior director of marketing in a recent interview. Now, he said, this may be one of our most provocative beverages yet, and we're excited for Dew Nation to taste the sweet, unique blend of spicy and classic citrus flavor of Mountain Dew. Okay, first of all, I don't think y'all like your fans to put that out there. No, I'm thinking they're head of marketing. His name must be Dewey or something. He's got to be some random, like, you know... Uh, millennial skater kid or something that made this up because he was too lazy to go get, you know, like a bag of che uh, flaming Hot Cheetos. He says, let's throw this together. All right. So the question is now, just so you know, they sold this initially on Mountain Dew's website. It went live on August 31st and it sold out immediately because, of course, it did. Because, yeah, it's a <laughs> unique thing. Uh, of course but it is did. Is anybody drinking it, or are they just holding the can? Well, that's what I was going to get to you. You can still get your own can as of right now. I checked, and it's on sale, resale on places such as eBay and Amazon. And it's about $20 a bottle. I fully believe that. <laughs> so my question is, if I handed you a bottle, if I went on Amazon and decide to order some. Would you sample it? <laughs> the face I'm making right now is a face of consternation and soon to be constipation. No, that was a face of a man who was saying, if you handed me that can, we get divorced. <laughs> I knew that face. <laughs> no, no. There's, you know, you ever reach that point in your life, like, you know, when you, you realize that you're a you're a man and you know what your your over four year old like body how it will react to anything that's different that would be one but two there's this other part of like men who kind of look at things and they're like 
I will try anything once because, you know, on a dare, guys will do random stupid things because we're guys. That's kind of where I was because I'm thinking I will try it at the same time. I'm going to need my insurance policy to be updated as I try it. That would be the, the biggest thing. But I'm thinking, yeah, I would try it once. I'd take a sip. Well, if you weren't able to take a sip, but you still want to experience the Flaming Hot Mountain Dew experience, may I also point out that Mountain Dew has put out, healthily put out merchandise so that you too can fake the, oh my God, I actually consumed this funk. So they have everything from, um, with this website called brokenpromises.com, I guess it's a collaboration. You could get a um, Mountain Dew and Flaming Hot Cheetos surfer tee for $30.95. A scorched tee with a picture of a skeleton wearing what looks like a sombrero <laughs> for $29.95. Yep. You can get your own hoodie for $64.95. A pair of what's known as Mountain Dew Broken Power. Okay, it's Broken Power, Broken Promises, and Mountain Dew Flaming Hot Warning Sign Sweatpants. Which I think is appropriate because something's going to come out that end when you drink that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to warn everybody. But if you do, you could do so for $59.95. No. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the Just t-shirt. no. <laughs> I am still waiting for the t-shirt on this that says, I tried this drink and I'm not breathing fire. Or it's not coming out the wrong end from the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> Lord, help us, please. This is bad. Really, really bad. Why would we want to try this? Why would anyone want to try this? Because men are stupid. Oh, so you blame it all on the guys? Yes. <laughs> well, with that in mind, then, what other feature flavor can Mountain Dew put out? Because they've already had, like, before this, they've had other um, flavors. Like, before this, they had a birthday cake flavor, which I admit I was almost intrigued to try. And then my body was like, fool, that's Mountain Dew. <laughs> You're not putting that anywhere near us. Yeah, with... The birthday cake, even though I'm sure it would taste like crap, you could conceivably think, because Mountain Dew is just basically sugared up horse juice, but flaming Hot, yeah, that's like going the completely other salty direction. Now I'm thinking, I don't know, if you basically just go ahead and stick a pretzel in the middle of a Mountain Dew and say, all right, we got Mountain Dew, you know, whatever flavor. Um, no. Is this a future thing, though? Because I've never, like, consumed a chip. Like, say, for instance, you know, I really love Lay's chips. But I've never, like, eaten, or Doritos. You know Doritos is my jam. But I've never eaten a Doritos and said, you know what? I wish that I could drink this. So I was wondering, is this the future of collaboration, putting together, like, I don't know, Tang with <laughs> Velveeta cheese nachos or something. Which sounds really horrifying. Yes, it does. 
This sounds like something that either Taco Bell or Arby's will come up with. Oh, Arby's. Ugh. Yeah. By the way, just as a side note, Arby's found a way to mess up a Philly cheesesteak. It's hard to do. And yes, I willingly consumed an Arby's sandwich today. Or yesterday. I'm not really sure what possessed me. It was one of those things where, well, there's lines at the other places, so I get child, I guess. But... Once again. <laughs> Which is why know. anyone ever goes to Arby's is, well, I guess. <laughs> Arby's. They'll never be our sponsor. <laughs> That's a good tagline. <laughs> yes, I think we should use that. Arby's. They'll never sponsor us. <laughs> no. I pretty much understand that this concoction by Mountain Dew will most likely be sold at Taco Bell or Arby's and nowhere else. You're just not seeing this at Mickey D's or Burger King. You're not seeing the demand. No. I, even though I'm sure for the, the, you know, unique point of this, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, someone will market it and put it out there and they'll pick it up, but no. A, a chain store? No. I will most likely not see this, so I'm good. Okay, well, I, I guess as we go into the next story, <laughs> talking about things that will kill us. Outside of a Mountain Dew... <laughs> I'm waiting for the skull and crossbones to come across the screen right now. Shockingly enough, there is a recent study... That has determined that there is one food that if you just eat one time, it takes 35 minutes off your very life. And that is? <laughs> a hot dog. Which one, I don't believe it because otherwise Chicagoans would be dead on arrival because we mastered the hot dog, okay? We have our own hot dog. But researchers have recently released a study where they studied over 5,000 foods in U.S. diet classified as being a health burden and environmental impacting. And they discovered that consuming one single hot dog can take 36 minutes off your life. 36 one. minutes. How many hot dogs do you eat in the week? Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Is our insurance in order? <laughs> no, I would like to say to my insurance provider, um, I know nothing of what you what they speak. <laughs> I've never seen a hot dog ever. No. Says the man who tells me to buy hot dogs every single grocery Shh, trip. Man. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, because if we're going by this logic, my ass should be dead. I should have been dead by 2007. <laughs> You know, you could be a zombie now. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, I do I do carry that kind of temperature. <laughs> Your temperature is under the re required 98.6, so now we know why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you know. I am a vampire. <laughs> what was that? That was my vampire, like, you know, hiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, the team came up with an index, right, this research team, and it calculates the net beneficial or detrimental health burden in minutes of healthy lives consumed with a serving of food. It's based on a study 
according to CNN, that's called the Global Burden of Disease, <laughs> which measures morbid morbidity associated with a person's food choices. So, for example, it takes, for every gram of processed meat you eat, it actually takes 0.45 minutes um, off your life per gram of processed meat. 0.10 minutes or gain for every piece of fruit you eat. Then they look at the composite of every food and multiply it by its corresponding food profiles. So with the standard beef hot dog in a bun, it contains 61 grams, believe it or not, of processed meat. So that alone accounts for 27 minutes lost for every hot dog you eat, just the processed meat part alone. But then when you think that they also add other preservatives to that hot dog, right? Like sodium, and they add stuff like trans fatty acids. The total loss was 36 minutes. Now, you can counter that by consuming healthy foods such as nuts, legumes, seafood, fruits, and non-starchy vegetables. So they, too, can help increase your lifespan. But... If you think about it, it would make sense then if processed meat to be an essential part of it. I mean, a hot dog is nothing but processed meats. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm in my feelings. Did this hit too close to home? Because we did talk about this yes, before we did. going on camp on the on the mic. Yeah, and <laughs> yes, I'm thinking. No, this this is this is crap because this is basically them saying like every piece of bacon you eat, you pretty much are just you. Hey 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 hey. Uh huh. They did not put bacon in this. Bacon is kind of processed meat. Although, if that's the case, you are doubly screwed. (laughs) I'm triply screwed. (laughs) I don't eat that much bacon anymore, but you, my friend, (laughs) where where are the life insurance policies, babe? You better go look for because you're about to become a very, well, you ain't going to become rich, but you just get practice. But yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, I would like to believe that, you know. I love you. Okay. Nonetheless, I think the researchers were like, were they some like, you know, tree hugging, Billy Rosewood liking, you know, people. In the middle, they they didn't get out. They just they they didn't get out and get no uh no trim. So thus, that's on wow. That. That's why they came up with a study like this. Actually, these are researchers at the University of Michigan. So, I've been to Michigan. They eat a lot of hot dogs there. Yes, they do. They don't mean nothing. So okay, so does this make allowances for like, you know, companies that make pure hot dogs and they tell well. No, I guess there's no such thing as a real true pure hot dog. Because you have to process the meat in order to make it a hot dog. Yeah. It's not like you cut something out of the cow and it instantly becomes a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, anything that's put in that casing, most likely to be stored somewhere. It's just going to rub you out. Yeah. It's going, it's going, it may not be 36 minutes, but 20 minutes, 17 minutes, Dougie Fresh, you on. You about to go. 
Now, this that must also include all other things that's hot dog related, right? Like sausages, for example. Yes. <laughs> you know, perhaps you should eat something else different today for lunch. I think you should proceed to the next, next <laughs> article. Yes, I am in my feelings, and yes, it's going to kill me, but I'm going to die happy. Well, look, we, we do eat... Uh, okay, let me just say... What we, about vegan hot dogs? Mm, well, I guess that would work, right? I mean, it's not... Not that I'm getting any vegan. Yeah, yeah, not like I'm getting vegan hot dogs, but yes. You know, with that in mind, I could try to make something. I saw a recipe oh, for a hot dog that is made from a carrot. Made from a what? It's a carrot in place of a hot dog. A carrot? A carrot. You mean like Bugs Bunny? Like Bugs Bunny. The orange thing. <laughs> yes, the orange thing. Made from a carrot. A hot dog made from a carrot, yes. That's not a hot dog. That's a carrot with, you know... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, that's a trans-species, like, bad plant somewhere. I'm really sorry for your loss. I like that. <laughs> a hot dog made from a carrot. That's just wrong. That's an abomination against nature. So I guess what you're trying to say is you're willing to just gamble with the processed meat, then. Yes. Anything else you want to know? <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm willing to gamble. Like, you might as well just start calling me the Kenny Rogers of, you know, <laughs> of daily meats. Well. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. You said that it could be balanced out by eating fruits, right? Well, fruits and vegetables. So if I eat a banana every day. <laughs> It's enough to bring back 36 minutes of your life every day. But do I at least get <laughs> 10 minutes back? <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Wait a minute. I like those 10 no, minutes No, no, back. no, no. Because, look, it even says every fresh, every piece of fruit is point ten minutes. Wait a minute. That's 10 minutes, right? Point ten minutes. Okay. What's the difference between point ten minutes and point forty five minutes? <laughs> It's not a full minute. Shh. <laughs> you have to eat a lot of bananas. Well, you might also call me McGilla then. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> okay, so you eat one piece, one hot dog. You basically kiss in like 36 minutes. This is, I, dude, this is dude, dude, I dude. Okay. I personally not sure if I believe that. Because if that's the case, Joey Chestnut, the guy who's the competitive hot dog eater, he should have been dead like five years ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. I fully so agree. So if Joey Chestnut is still alive, there is hope for you. But all the same, make sure that you tell me where your insurance policies are. <laughs> yeah, so in the war of man versus food, food won. The hot dog is winning. The hot dog is winning at the same time. I'm going down with the ship. Me and the hot dog are still friends. And not the random carrot slash hot dog hybrid. That's just wrong. I'm, I'm fired up about that. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Let's move on to the last story. And hopefully this will give you a little bit of 
laughter and joy as you're going down with the ship eating the hot dog. Yes, do. (laughs) So, do you remember J-N-C-O jeans, Co jeans? Do I remember them? Yes, they're from back in the 90s. And for those of you youngins out there, oh my gosh. First of all, let me just take a quick sip of water. I'm not sure what's going on with my voice. Because you were caught up because you were eating hot dogs. No. That is so not me. You know that I don't like hot dogs like that. That actually may be the one thing that saves me. Because <laughs> I have to be in a mood for a hot dog. I don't eat hot dogs all the time. How are you married to me? And don't eat. I know that you don't eat on the regular. No, I really don't. But if it makes you feel better, all the crap I put on the hot dog is probably not healthy. Because when I really want a hot dog, I really want a hot dog. And, like, the last time we made a hot dog, it had, what, chili and cheese and sauerkraut, because I'm that kind of girl, and and, um, onions. And hot mustard. And hot mustard, that's right. And no ketchup, because I'm not a child. You don't put hot dog. Ketchup on a hot dog unless you're, like, two or something. So. (laughs) So you're really going down with the ship. But... Yeah, I guess that saves me. <laughs> but let's go to the next story, because you really look like you're annoyed by the idea that like hot dog is going to do you win. I'm like... Tonight when a... you sleep tonight, I'll be looking at you like, you still with me? <laughs> oh, now she's got jokes. <laughs> I've had jokes all the time after this. Yeah, this is kind of like, you know, <laughs> like telling it, like, you know, someone to mask up. I'm like, hmm... This might be where I'm like, I got to fight Maybe for Maybe that's why all these people aren't masking up now. Because they're just like, look, dude, the hot dog's going to do us. And we don't have to worry about COVID. Yeah, I guess Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> so anyway, Jinko jeans. Jinko jeans. They were big in the 90s. They were those branded jeans that were like super baggy, like ginormously wide legs. They were kind of a thing, right? Jinko was big in the 90s. They actually went out of business at one point in 2018 before relaunching in 2019. But I knew Jinko because those were the jeans that people were, where I grew up, a lot of skaters were wearing Jinko. I agree. Some when they were on skateboards and things like that. Or, like you said, they would be, like you would get them at like a hood store or a hip-hop store or something. Yeah. You would generally find them in, like, you know, your typical, like, you know, if you couldn't buy anything, like, janky up in Abercrombie and Fitch, you would have to go somewhere, you know, like a random mall. They would usually be in, like, you know, the, I guess you would say, like, the urban stores. Or Journeys. They were always in Journeys. Okay, I give you that, too. Every one of our malls had a Journeys. It's kind of hard to describe. It's sort of like a wannabe skateboard store. <laughs> Well, anyway. I'm too fashionable for this stores. <laughs> Be prepared to enjoy the 90s once again. Okay. Because Jinko has recently announced a collaboration with, of all people and companies, Goldfish Crackers. Goldfish Crackers. Yes. So, they're going to launch this in order to help celebrate Goldfish's latest unlimited edition flavor, Jalapeno Poppers. So these limited edition goldfish jalapeno popper jeans 
is being billed as, according to Food and Wine, the ultimate 90s snacking pants. First of all, just as a side note, I like the concept of snacking pants, actually. I really do. So, they're the ultimate 90s snacking pants with the wide-length Jinko style is known for. And it has giant pockets, perfect for an entire bag of jalapeno popper fish. In fact, each order for the jeans, which costs $200, $200. includes one bag of new crackers in the purchase price. These must be gold-plated crackers. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the jeans, just so you know, went on sale um, recently as of September the 2nd. So, they're probably sold out now by the time that this podcast comes out. Don't think so. But again, it's $200 a pop. They're expected to sell out quickly. Let's check it out. I want to see what these look like. Oh my god, they're still there. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking they are. <laughs> Not only that, but you can get a matching t-shirt for $40 for a jalapeno popper goldfish tea. Alright, so you know that Mama loves her a good bag of goldfish. I have to control myself every time we're in a grocery store and purposely not go through that aisle. Because I've eaten an entire bag of goldfish in one sitting. They're awesome, awesome things. <laughs> I fully agree that <laughs> you are that type of girl. But let me just say, would you pay $200 for a pair of Jinko jeans with the goldfish? No. And no. <laughs> no. Okay. Would I be willing to pay $200? I'm trying to figure out, like, would I be willing to pay $100 for a pair of jeans? Period. But I'm thinking maybe would I be willing to pay $200 for a pair of Jinko jeans? No. Would I be willing to pay $200 for a pair of Jinko jeans that includes a bag of goldfish no no i'm sorry dude i really believe that that's a waste of of food and of jeans because i'm just saying that that's i'm just seeing crumbs in my future if i'm walking around with these with these pants on i'm just like you know slumming along my pants are halfway down my my rear end okay this is this is the old man and me talking i'm like all i can see is like you come home you fall asleep and you wake up and there's just crumbs all up in your, <laughs> in your pants. I'm just like, it's just nothing but crushed up, you know, goldfish. And this, this means nothing to me. I'm like, no, that's a waste of, I'm like, okay, if you put like, you know, pockets for putting Pepsi or, you know, like you can heat hot dogs up in there. <laughs> then we can, you know, we can discuss this, but. So. Your problem is not just the jeans, it's what's in the jeans. So if it was a Jinko wide leg jean, right, with, let's say, a pocket for your emergency Pepsi, you would be down with that. Yes, because sometimes you ever walk around, you need a pocket, like if you're holding a drink, and you don't, you can't put that beer can thing on your head type thing. That looks stupid. <laughs> but you ever have, like, you know, remember the, <laughs> like, you know, the carpenter pants? Right. And you want one of those loops to be able to, like, hold a bottle or something? Right. 
I'm thinking that maybe that Jinko should get down and like, you know, put like a bottle for like, you know, if you want your like, you know, ass fire Mountain Dew, you know, drink or something you can put on your hip. See, that would make sense. I could do that. Or like, you know, wait, wait, wait a minute. Even if we don't go. So goldfish, you would pay $200 if they came out with a jean with a pocket for emergency Pepsi or any of those other items you just mentioned. Yeah. Either that or like, you know, let, wait, wait a minute, hold on, work with me here. Okay. What if they had a special pocket for M&M's? Okay, now you're just taunting me. Now. First of, all, first of all, that makes no sense because if you get the smaller bag of M&M's, they do fit in most pants pockets. Not these little, like, you know, not these ugly jeans that are out at the moment. Now, Jinko might be able to work, but, you know, the size of what, you know, what you're able to. But, you know, like the little tight, skinny, you know, little metro-looking jeans. And all oh, you like the skinny jeans that I practically live in and I'm wearing right now. Yeah, you can't slide no, like, M&Ms up in them bad boys. Yes, you can. I did it the other day. Yeah, but I need, like, a cooling pocket. <laughs> you can barely get a cell phone up in these bad boys, but... I want, like, a good, you know, be able to have a cooling pocket that can resist the crush of M&M's, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. See, you know, that's why I'm listening. I'm paying attention. <laughs> forget the goldfish. You need that, you know, you forget, you know, the hammer loop. You know, put one in there for, like, you know, you can put one here for your Pepsi or your Coke. You can put one here for your M&M's. And then on your back pocket, you can put one in for your pizza or your hot dog. That's what I'm talking about. Why does a hot dog have to be part of it? We just discovered the last part of this segment is going to kill you. Well, You're just gonna... determined to die, right? Wait, let me you see. obviously have a death wish. You keep bringing back the hot dog. Yeah, I'm like Pepsi, m <laughs> <coughs> Pepsi, m hot dogs. Yes. Basically, I'm waiting to, yeah, just off myself. And basically, if I'm fat enough to get up in Jinko jeans, I'm going to need, you know, some space. So this is what, yeah, this makes sense now. I can do this. See, me and Jinko need to have a discussion, a marketing discussion. Let's get this going. I have no words for what you just said. Hey. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've never understood the appeal of Jinko jeans. I mean, the weight, like, seriously, back in the day when I used to be smaller, like, I, the one time I tried on a pair, seriously, I got two legs into one leg. Those things are ginormous. They're yes, huge. They exactly. They are. And good for Jinko, because obviously, this is a stunt that's going to give them a lot of publicity and probably introduce a whole generation of young people to their brand of jeans. Because I imagine, even in terms of 90s fashion, I mean, especially like, for example, me, I lived in flannel. I mean, if they brought back grunge tomorrow, I would be a very happy person because <laughs> I loved it. That was you. So, but... I know that Jinko's appeared, at least where I grew up, to a very, you know, specific subculture. Let's, um, like I said before, skaters and things like that. 
So if you're not necessarily into that lifestyle, you may not be familiar with the brand. So hopefully this will actually attract the attention. Honestly, though, I'm just excited about the jalapeno popper um, goldfish. That actually sounds pretty badass. I would get it without the jeans, but clearly that for one lucky person, <laughs> yeah, that could be the perfect combo. Yeah, I agree. By the way, can we just talk about something for a second? Because you were telling me that, because we were talking about, you know, these jeans when we were growing up and, you know, it's the 90s. So we were grown, obviously, towards the end of it. But in terms of where you can get them, because where I grew up, you didn't see a lot of them. And I keep saying grew up. So I have to take some of those out and post. But We're old. <laughs> but... <clears throat> We were talking about there. They would be like the way we describe them is like hood famous stores that you probably couldn't get from like the main malls, but like the little segment malls that we we were around as kids, you could probably get them. Well, you mean the ones that are just about spot meat? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was trying to be nice, but yes. Okay. But then again, that led me, because remember earlier in the sec, in the previous segment, we were talking about, like, things that were, like, hood famous or black famous? Yes. That, like, we knew about, but other people, and we were, I don't know, we were, maybe we should share it with the audience, because we were talking about that all week for some weird reason. Like, we were talking about how, what was it, Medea and Tyler Perry movies used to be hood famous, only. Yeah, and then... <laughs> They were discovered. And now it's, like, enjoyed by general populations, which is good for Tyler. But, you know, it's interesting for the culture. Or, like, Friday. Friday is, like, an example of when I, when it first came out. Oh, the movie. Yeah, yeah the movie. It was definitely black and hood famous. And now everyone says, bye, Felicia. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Once you get someone, like, you know... What was the kid's uh, the guy's name? Uh, the gentleman on today. Oh, you're talking about how we used to joke, if Matt Lauer says it, it's no longer cool. Yeah, once you get Matt Lauer or George Stephanopoulos to put his mouth yes. on it, it, the show's over. Like, if the whole idea is to say something that the general culture comes out with something the general culture doesn't know about. Yeah. And then the second it comes famous, like Bling, for example... Then no one likes it. Yes. <laughs> and that's still very true. So I was I was challenging you. And my thought is because there's so much. There's so much that's appropriated from our culture now. I seem to think that there are very few things that are black or hood famous that hasn't crossed over. Yeah. Like in this current culture, yes, there are very, very few things. Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, Gary Owens is probably something that's, like, hood famous. But, like, in terms of movies or television shows. Like, the Parkers, I don't think people know the Parkers. How could they not know the, well, everybody knows the Park. well, I guess, yeah. Yeah. People outside of our culture probably don't. Or they don't know that the Parkers are tied with Moesha? Yeah, they, but do they know Moesha? That I mean, they true. know they know Brandy, but yeah. they don't know Moesha. Or like, what would, 
Wait a minute, dude. Wait, wait, wait. They know Brandy, but do they know Brandy getting their, you know, getting popped in the face by Monica? <laughs> we just learned that. <laughs> no, we, there was no, like, we, we found that out. We were all, like, we all knew when Brandy had that knot on her face. <laughs> and we found out that, you know, we just found out that Monica was ghetto. But I love Monica. Monica is a beautiful woman. I just Look, don't want her slapping me around. I'm not messing around. with Monica. Yeah. <laughs> Monica. Monica can famous. take you out. Yeah. But, you know, it was just like the other day. I, I'll, I'll give you an example, and that's why I was thinking about it. Because I was talking to someone on a Zoom meeting. And I've been working from home for a long time, y'all. And so it's getting to the point where I'm on these Zoom calls and things like that. And I don't have to dress up because I'm a writer. And so I, I meet with scientists and other people when I record and do things. But by and large, I can just wear a very nice top and no one will ask me about it. So I just live in jeans and tights now. It's kind of funny. So I, I've been to amuse myself now. I've been going into my earrings and I've been wearing some of my bamboo earrings again. You got bamboo earrings, at least it's two, two pairs. Pair. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, LL. And so it's funny because I work in an organization where there isn't a lot of black representation with the little segment I work in. Right. So they're always marveling at like my gold bamboo earrings. And there's one person in particular that saw the earrings and had commented on them on a call. It was a related partner. Did it's, he call you Moesha? No, he did not call me Moesha. And so they said that they saw, like, the earrings at Macy's. And she asked if that's where I got them from. And I lied and said yes. Because <laughs> the truth of the matter is, they were like ninety-five at the Black's beauty shop. And every Black person knows where to get the bamboo earrings. Right. That's a perfect example of being just within hood general knowledge of hood famous. Like, we know where to go. But there was like a second where I'm like, do I tell her these are like a dollar ninety five bamboo earrings? Or do I just let her think they're the ones that Macy's that cost probably ten times as much? <laughs> I confess I gave her the ten times as much. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> and I and I and I jokingly thought about it and I was on typing to a friend and I was like I kinda kept that between us for the culture. <laughs> Cause there's just certain things that you're just not used to sharing. It's almost nice to keep those like hood classic stuff to yourself, right? Cause like everyone knows Snoop Dogg, but they may not know the wash. Everyone has maybe heard of Master P, but they don't know I got the hookup. <laughs> okay. There's some famous things that you want to keep to yourself. And one of them is the beauty supply shop. <laughs> like the bonnet? <laughs> yes, like the bonnet. Oh, my God. So, like, the bonnet, that's a great example where every black woman knows about wearing a bonnet to protect your hair. Um, and I guess several years ago, there was this one lady who decided she saw it and decided to create something to protect your hair 
And instead of like the $1.95 bonnet that you can get at like the beauty supply shop, she created this like head wrap that costs about a hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. For the same thing. <laughs> oh look. And black women and they featured her in like these fashion magazines and saying, Oh my gosh, this is so so brilliant, so amazing. And black women everywhere is like um, we've been doing this for generations, fam. And much less, mind you. <laughs> and it's like one of the things where, do we tell them that they Columbus a head bonnet and they're paying way too much money for it? Or do we just kind of let it happen? <laughs> yeah, this is almost akin to, you know, when you had the... Well, okay, I feel like this isn't hood famous, but you know, like when you would go to the gas station get like you know, your typical wife beater. Right. And then, like, you know, now and, Kanye is making you pay $200 for a pair. And I know there's some listeners out there going, wait, they sell wife beaters at a gas station? Yes, the ones in our neighborhood, they do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they sure do. Wait, wait, wait. So that kind of made me circle back to the story. I was thinking the perfect hood famous accessory to pair, instead of Jinko. Apple bottoms. Oh my goodness. I haven't heard apple bottoms. <laughs> Maybe the house of Darion? <laughs> yeah. Now, that would go actually good with... Now, you probably won't get a whole bag in it. Maybe like a sample bag? You might as well just slide some wrap snacks in them bad boys. <laughs> wrap snacks and apple bottoms. Let's make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the perfect hood accessory. While you listen to your old Ohio players eight track. <laughs> Don't be hating. Yes. <laughs> Wrap snacks and apple bottoms. You know what? We're gonna make that happen. We're gonna reach out. We're gonna bring apple bottoms back. We need to because they're good for big butts. And if you eat enough wrap snacks, you darn sure gonna have a big butt. So it's all right there. Make it so. <laughs> Make it so. Thank you. I got nothing. <laughs> so now that we have totally just destroyed the show, let's just take a moment. We'll take a break. And then we'll wrap things up with the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast, and we will be right back. <laughs> Gooberland, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. Do you consider yourself gumberworthy? Maybe you're a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet. Well, if so, tell the world what your very own goober gear. From aprons and mugs to t-shirts and hoodies, it's the perfect way to support our show while telling the world that you're part of Gooberland. So just head over to gooberswag.com. That's gooberswag.com and get your very own goober gear now. Hey, I'm JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is JJ Outlaw. And we are back with the Gourmet Goober podcast, closing out our show as we do every show where we share the best thing we ate this week. And keep in mind, they can come from a variety of sources, from our own kitchen, from our, you know, network of restaurants that's available around, 
um, maybe a reader or more or less a listener rather can submit um, a restaurant idea that they want to share and we can share it with the group. Or in this case, the best thing we ate this week actually is something that Big Daddy and I agree upon. And we got it from all the way in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Yes. <laughs> but it did not come from Elvis particularly. No, it did not actually. No. Um, do you want to introduce us since you were really delighted about it? Well, you were the one that purchased it. I had no clue it was coming. <laughs> no, you did not. But it came in just in time because um, I, I think I mentioned at the start of the show, I had um, a biopsy, which unfortunately forced me to take a little bit of a break personally. And it just allowed me to really take care of my body as I um, recover. Because again, as I said in the beginning of the segment, or begin the show, the biopsy was was a very short procedure. But as I recovered, because they did make an incision, there still was some pain um, associated with it. Luckily for me, I had ordered something off of Gold Belly. And I know I've talked about Gold Belly before. It's one of my favorite places um, to give you an opportunity to try new food from around the country and around the world. Um, they have everything from foodie boxes so if you like really love chocolate they can have like a specialized chocolate box they have a bacon box they can deliver every month you know we can't do the bacon box every month i see you looking at me yeah (laughs) Uh, but they also have an opportunity to allow you to participate on live um cooking on spots so you can interact with chefs um as they share their famous dishes and in this case, they had a sale on barbecue. And I thought, hmm, you know, there's always room for barbecue. <laughs> there is always room for barbecue. So luckily, I already had in the works, even before the biopsy was planned, a delivery this week from a restaurant that came highly recommended on online and some, some friends who went to Memphis recently called Central Barbecue. And so on Go Billy, I ordered... I think it was like a a dunning for four, I want to say. So you get like a rack of ribs, you get pulled pork, you get a bottle of their signature barbecue sauce, and then you get a whole um like like little bottle like a shaker of their signature rib rub. Yes. Yes. So Big Daddy, how did you love the the ribs cuz I know you're going to say the ribs were the best thing you ate this week, right? Well, apparently so. That's why we're here. <laughs> no, no, really, because you're kind of hard on ribs. Like, when I got it, I didn't tell you that it was coming. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> and the thing is, you guys, Big Daddy, when I say he's, like, hard on ribs, he's really hard on ribs. He's like, like, I'm a cheese snob. <laughs> And a food snob to a certain degree. Big Daddy is a barbecue snob. Are you calling me a barbecue snob snob? Like, you know, I would walk around with my pinky finger in there. Like, this is this is not like, you know, like the cupcake guy. This is not up to my mustard. Off of this head type thing. I thought you were going to look the pew. <laughs> oh, the pippity, the pippity pew. No, we were watching some cookie show. And you were making fun of the guy. And he's like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> That is correct. Do not bring this 
to me. I do not understand why you put this in front of me. Okay, that's close enough. Yes, but anyway, I'm not saying that you're exactly that bad, but you are judgmental of other people's barbecue. I am judgmental. And it's okay, because that's how you are. Yeah, and that's the thing. I have... I am still a young buck in terms of the different styles of barbecue, like, you know, not only from across this country, but even from, you know, let's say South Asia to <clears throat> Europe to African, um, you know, cuisines that, you know, they're grilled, smoked, fried, um, whatsoever, uh, roasted. And in my mind, yeah, I'm like, okay, I like... I have a certain palate for certain types of barbecue. And I say, okay, fine. I'll check out different ones. And for some reason, I'm a little hard on some. I may be a little hard on Central Barbecue. We'll tell you in a minute. But yeah, it was good. It was good eating. All but, right. Can you describe what, why you like the roots? Because you had like this whole like <laughs> breakdown that was just epic. Because I was just thinking, look, y'all. This is the best thing I ate this week because it tasted really, really good. She's like, it tasted really good. <laughs> I'm like simplistic when it comes to barbecue. Is it seasoned? Can it stand up on its own without without the sauce? Yeah. Yes, that's, that's my level of expertise around barbecue. I'm very simple in that regard, and I admit that. No, Big Daddy had this huge, long, epic, <laughs> like he was talking about the notes. <laughs> The seasoning and how it was layered. (laughs) Don't skimp out on the audience. (laughs) No, I'm not trying to skimp out on the audience. I'm not Bobby Hill, you know, breaking down steak on King of the Hill. But um, to the best of my knowledge, the best way I can describe it is the first thing you said, one of the biggest things you always got to like, if your barbecue is good, like really good, you don't need to put sauce on it. There's, I mean, you, you can put sauce on it to like, accentuate you know to like you know add a little something to the you know to the side have a little flavor to it but it's if it's not necessary if you can eat that rib without having to have it being saved by your barbecue sauce and barbecue sauce is very important then your bar like that's the first standard for barbecue now with central i can tell that they because, of course, like, you know, if they deep smoke it or like, you know, they, you know, put it in a, in a nice, nice big grill and they lay slow cook for at least eight, 12 hours, something like that. That's your first good mark because you want that nice, slow, you know, act, you know, accruement, you know, up on the like on fall off the bone. Yeah, I need it like, you know, and it not all barbecue has to fall off the bone, but, you know. Good barbecue, if it's been sitting there for a long time, you, like, you could literally pick the bone up from the, you know, from the rib, and it just completely, like, the meat just slid off the bone, you, like, and the bone would be clean. And that's what happened, actually. Yeah, and that's the thing about it, like, you know, when you have that, I'm not the expert on bone marrow, but I know this is definitely something that we talk about with briskets and whatnot, and ribs, it's one of those things where if it contracts the bone contracts and there's like marrow being like extracted and it like you can almost taste a little bit of it in the meat you know that it's real one but two it's the thing like with central they took the time to like really 
because this thing was being shipped to us. Right. And they took the time to say, okay, not only are we going like, to do our best with the physical cut of the barbecue. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head if it was like a baby back or St. Louis just because it, like, cause it was cut up by the time we put our hands on it. But it was one of those things where, you know, when they wrapped it, they have to wrap it very fine, like, you know, very well to keep that flavor, you know, especially when you're, like, you're, cause you're reheating it. You know, most barbecue, you want that thing, you know, after it rests, like right off the grill right. or right out of the smoker or whatever. You want that thing, like, you know, fresh. And, you know, what Central had to do was, like, you know, send it to us, you know, preserved. For us to like then reheat it and then say, okay, this is how, like, you want to taste as naturally, um, original as it was when it, like, when they first pulled it off the grill. That was one of those things, like, I was very excited about because they took the time and you could smell the smoke in this house for at least two days after we reheated it. There was no faking the funk. It was good. It was tender. It had the right once again, notes, <laughs> because it was like, okay, we're going to have tangy. You know, you could tell, like, you know, they put, they use good brown sugar, not just a straight, you know, straight from the store brown sugar, you know, but it also had a little spicy kick to it, you know, you know, like it brought it to you. And then, like, you added the barbecue sauce to it, like, you know, a little bit sweet, a little bit spicy. No, it was definitely spicy. I was yeah. impressed. And it had good tang to it. And, you know, because one of those things is, I there are some things I like very sweet, and there are some things I like, uh, you know, Texas style, like a little bit more, like, you know, a little, little spice, but a little bit more, as you would say, smoky. And that was one of the things, they, just like with the Goober, the Goober likes hers kind of smoky and tangy, like none of that sweetness. Whereas I'm more, I can take a little bit of sweetness with a little bit of tang, I can go all over the place, but it was one of those things where they did their their best to preserve it, you know, and ship it. And that's one of the things I like that they took the time with. Central did their homework. So that's why I was impressed. They also sent us, um, if I believe right, they added um, barbecue pulled pork. Yes. Yes. And I'm willing to say... Because this is this is me being critical, but not critical. I'm willing to say the pulled pork was very tasty also. Very, I mean, like, it was good pulled pork. Because I love good pulled pork. My thing was, I don't know how, like, their reheating um, directions were. But... Well, remember they did it where the pulled pork was prepared in boiling water. It was packaged... And um, a high intensive quality um, plastic bag. Okay. And then it was reheated using the sous vide method of basically um, lowering that bag into a pot of boiling water and letting it heat that way for about 15 minutes. Okay. As opposed to microwaving it. Which is fair, because, I mean, it would definitely done more damage to microwave it. Or just like, you know, let it, you know, just kind of roam as it was. But my thing was, it's, I still wanted a little bit more juice to it. Like a little more, because it seemed like it, because they, they could have put a little more smoke on it. They could have put a little bit more, like, because they did decent seasoning. 
I wanted a little bit more like umph to it. And by the time it reached my mouth, it had dried out some. So, and I don't know if that was from the preparation or from like, you know, in shipping, like, you know, if it dried out, you know, in the reheating, but it could have been better. But at the same time, once they did their best, they tried really hard and it was actually, you know, good barbecue, even with a little dryness on it. So I wouldn't, you know, I'm not mad at them, but at the same time, like, I'm not hard on barbecue, but I'm hard on barbecue. So what about you? It tasted good. <laughs> no, like, no, I no. Like, I like the Q. Q, Q, Q. I like the Q. It smelled good. <laughs> yeah. It was hip. It was hot. It was fresh. And it had a, little, a nice beat to it. No, no. Here's the thing. Um, barbecue sometimes can be hit or miss. And we have had our our um, experiences with barbecues within the Chicagoland area. One that came recommended to you, but turned out to be a huge disappointment um, in particular. And I, I wanted to get something that I knew that would be easy for me to prepare, although I didn't know that I would be recovering from a biopsy and still be in a little bit of pain. But it was relatively easy to prepare. It looked like it was great. Um, it was a great price on Gold Belly. And I just wanted to mix it up. I hadn't ordered from Gold Belly in a while. In a while. So it just kind of gave me an opportunity to try it. Um, I can say that the ribs, both was good. Um, both the food selection, the ribs and the pulled pork, I enjoyed them both. Um, but my choice for the best thing we ate this week is definitely the ribs because they were so well seasoned um it was easy to prepare because i know a lot of times people are really nervous about even so much as reheating barbecue because so much can go wrong in this case what they did is actually clever they gave us a foil lined um baking bag so you it's as simple as unwrapping the barbecue ribs putting it in the foil line baking bag, putting it in the oven that was preheated to, I believe, 375 for about 20 minutes. And then when you're done, pull out and it's smoking good, really delicious barbecue. Um, so yeah, I, I can't recommend them enough. My only disappointment is there wasn't more ribs. Because <laughs> <laughs> we went through those ribs really quickly to the point where there was like one more rib left. And Big Daddy was like, okay, I'm going to eat this. I, I just want to double check and make sure, because I don't want there to be a problem later. This is mine, right? And I was very tempted to say no. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> but then I figured at one point he'll, he'll, he'll think back and count how many that he ate and then realize that I lied to him. And I don't want that. So, yes, I did tell you you can go ahead and eat it. But... It was it was definitely well worth it. So if you are in the my understanding is they have restaurants in both Memphis and Nashville. And if you're not local to them, you can go to Gold Belly. I'll put the link to all of it and put it in our show notes. So this is actually pretty cool, because, again, for those who are longtime listeners, you know that we sometimes don't always agree on the best thing we ate this week. But in this case, Gold Belly definitely fit the bill. Yeah. And for someone who is recuperating from outpatient surgery, the fact that it was so easy to prepare, I also doubly appreciate that. So, 
Thank you to Gold Belly um, for introducing us to that amazing new restaurant. Again, as a reminder, if there's a restaurant that you love, you can always go and drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com and tell us all about it. Big Daddy, where can they find you online? Once again, you can find me online at T Outlaw on Twitter, T-O-U-T-L-A-W, and on Instagram at T Outlaw, T-O-U-T-L-A-W, Josie Wells, J-O-S-E-Y. W-A-L-E-S. Once again, I had to go through my mind to remember how to spell it. Once again, that would be on Instagram. Don't try to find me on Facebook because, well, it's Facebook. So, what about you, Gourmet Goober? Well, I am, make it simple so I don't have to remember how to spell it. <laughs> on Instagram, it's Gourmet Goober. Very simple. And on Twitter, you can always find me at JJ Outlaw. You can hit us up at the Gourmet Goober. Um, dot com. We are actually updating the site, so there'll be links to um, for the shows and things like that. Don't forget, you can help support the show by buying some Goober gear. There's a link to it as well. Um, you can also go to gooberswag.com and check out everything you need in order to kind of show everybody that you are indeed gumbo worthy from mugs to aprons and everything in between. And we, again, just want to say Thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Gourmet Goober. And be safe, wear your mask, get your mammogram on time. And until next time, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. Saying happy eating. <laughs>